0: Section 93 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 88. It was supper time. Eli's family were collected round the board. Margaret only was missing. To Catherine's surprise, Eli said he would wait a bit for her. Why, I told her you would not wait for the Duke. She's not the Duke. She is a poor good lass that hath waited not minutes, but years for a graceless son of mine. You can put the meat on the board all the same. And we can fall to without further loss of time when she does come the smoking dishes smelt so savoury that eli gave way she will come if we begin said he they always do come sit ye down mistress joan ye are not here for a slave i trow, but a guest there i hear a quick step off covers and fall too the covers were withdrawn and the knives brandished then burst into the room not the expected margaret but a dominican friar Livid with rage, he was at the table in a moment in front of Cornelis and Sybrandt, threw his tall body over the narrow table, and with two hands hovering above their shrinking heads like eagles over a quarry, he cursed them by name, soul, and body in this world and the next. It was an age eloquent in curses, and this curse was so full, so minute, so blighting blasting, withering, and tremendous, that I am afraid to put all the words on paper. Cursed be the lips, he shrieked, which spoke the lie that Margaret was dead. May they rot before the grave, and kiss white-hot iron in hell thereafter. Doubly cursed be the hands that changed those letters, and be they struck off by the hangman's knife, and handle hell-fire for ever thrice accursed be the cruel hearts that did conceive that damned lie to part true love for ever may they sicken and wither on earth joyless loveless hopeless and wither to dust before their time and burn in eternal fire he cursed the meat at their mouths and every atom of their bodies from their hair to the soles of their feet and turning from the cowering shuddering pair who had almost hid themselves beneath the table he tore a letter out of his bosom and flung it down before his father read that thou hard old man thou didst imprison thy son read and see what monsters thou hast brought into the world the memory of my wrongs and hers dwell with you all forever i will meet you again at the judgment day, on earth ye will never see me more. And in a moment, as he had come, so he was gone, leaving them stiff and cold, and white as statues round the smoking board. And this was the sight that greeted Margaret's eyes and Jorian's, hale figures of men and women petrified around the untasted food, as eastern poets feigned margaret glanced her eye round and gasped out "Oh joy all here no blood hath been shed Oh, you cruel cruel men i thank god he hath not slain you at sight of her catherine gave an eloquent scream then turned her head away but eli who had just cast his eye over the false letter and began to understand it all seeing the other victim come in at that very moment, with her wrongs reflected in her sweet, pale face, started to his feet in a transport of rage and shouted, Stand clear, and let me get at the traitors. I'll hang for them. And in a moment he whipped out his short sword and fell upon them. Fly! screamed Margaret. Fly! They slipped, howling under the table, and crawled out the other side but ere they could get to the door the furious old man ran round and intercepted them catherine only screamed and wrung her hands your notables are generally useless at such a time and blood would certainly have flowed but margaret and Jurian seized the fiery old man's arms and held them with all their might whilst the pair got clear of the house then they let him go and he went vainly raging after them out into the street they were a furlong off running like hares he hacked down the board on which their names were written and brought it indoors and flung it into the chimney place catherine was sitting rocking herself with her apron over her head joan had run to her husband margaret had her arms round catherine's neck and pale and panting Was yet making efforts to comfort her but it was not to be done oh my poor children she cried oh miserable mother tis a mercy kate was ill upstairs there i have lived to thank god for that she cried with a fresh burst of sobs it would have killed her he had better have stayed in italy as come home to curse his own flesh and blood and set us all by the ears oh hold your chat woman cried eli angrily you are still on the side of the ill doer you are cheap served your weakness made the rogues what they are i was for correcting them in their youth for sore ills sharp remedies but you still sided with their faults and undermined me and baffled wise severity And you margaret leave comforting her that ought rather to comfort you for what is her hurt to yours but she never had a grain of justice under her skin and never will so come thou to me that am thy father from this hour this was a command so she kissed catherine and went tottering to him and he put her on a chair beside him and she laid her feeble head on his honest breast, but not a tear. It was too deep for that. "'Poor lamb,' said he, after a while. "'Come, good folks,' said true Eli in a broken voice to Jorian and Joan. "'We are in a little trouble, as you see, but that is no reason you should starve. "'For Our Lady's sake, fall to, and add not to my grief the reputation of a churl what the dickens added he with a sudden ghastly attempt at stout-heartedness the more knaves i have the luck to get shut of the more my need of true men and women to help me clear the dish and cheer mine eye with honest faces about me where else were gaps fall to i do entreat ye catherine sobbing backed his request poor simple Antique hospitable souls. Jorian, whose appetite, especially since his illness, was very keen, was for acting on this hospitable invitation. But Joan whispered a word in his ear, and he instantly drew back. Nay, I'll touch no meat that Holy Church hath cursed. In sooth, I forgot, said Eli apologetically. My son, who was reared at my table, hath cursed my victuals. that seems strange well what god wills man must bow to the supper was flung out into the yard jorian took his wife home and heavy sadness reigned in eli's house that night meantime where was clement lying at full length upon the floor of the convent church with his lips upon the lowest step of the altar in an indescribable state of terror misery penitence and self-abasement through all which struggled gleams of joy that margaret was alive night fell and found him lying there weeping and praying and morning would have found him there too but he suddenly remembered that absorbed in his own wrongs and margaret's he had committed another sin besides intemperate rage he had neglected a dying man he rose instantly groaning at his accumulated wickedness and set out to repair the omission the weather had changed it was raining hard and when he got clear of the town he heard the wolves baying they were on the foot but clement was himself again or nearly He thought little of danger or discomfort, having a shameful omission of religious duty to repair. He went stoutly forward through rain and darkness, and as he went, he often beat his breast and cried, Mea culpa, mea culpa. End of section 93, recording by John Brandon